Welcome to part two of my conversation with Lorelai Shamayo, spiritual entrepreneur, friend, and colleague. We start this part off talking about panels and circles. We go into topics, how she flows, and other things that she does. Thanks. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins. I'm a channel, so I bring forward your guides so you can connect more easily with them, allowing you to have soul-deep conversations with them whenever you want. I'm also an energy healer, past life explorer, a teacher. My goal is to empower you by teaching you these techniques that you can use on your own. We work together to find and identify the blockages to your growth and release them, inviting you to explore your possibilities. I'm available for phone and virtual sessions. The best way to contact me is Susie, that's S-U-S-Y, Susie at bluelightninghealing.com. Visit bluelightninghealing.com for up-to-date information. Blessings. And, that's and you don't have to be on stage. Simply being there, chances are you'll benefit and you being there with your energy and holding the space for all that's happening, you're sharing and contributing. Yeah. And those have evolved. You've had many people come in on the, uh, one of the questions on your feedback sheet is, do you want to be a practitioner? Some people have said no, but I'd like to learn. That has evolved into a whole other thing. Not only do we have topics, but you've got, okay, I was just looking, there's training panels, practice panels, and a yep. learning panel. It's great. We have training panels practice circles and learning circles. Okay. Yeah. And so again, like feedback, right? Everything is feedback. So we started off with a, we probably called it a, like a learning circle or something like that. And we got people that came in that wanted exercises and some people that wanted to do sessions and like, oh no, what do we do? So we diverged that into two groups. So that's why we now have learning circles where several practitioners offer exercises to help people open to their intuition in various ways. That was, those are learning circles. And then Practice circles are where people come in already knowing how to practice something and they practice on each other. On each other? Yep. They either do readings on each other or healings on each other where everyone has, you know, consent and, and, and agrees with whatever people want to practice, you knows okay. whatever works for them. If we have an odd number, sometimes they do them on the practitioners that are there, you know, the, the people that are helping run things. Okay. Yeah. And we've occasionally had some people come to the different events where occasionally we'll have someone come to a practice circle where they don't quite know what they're doing. So we'll give them an intuitive exercise or two, just a couple of simple things. Okay. The aim is to have two separate events, right? people that are learning and practicing something new, probably, or people that are practicing something that says these same words, they're learning and doing something new, okay. or they come and they're practicing what they already know. And it's a safe opportunity, okay. safe container with which to get stronger and get experience with someone else that's willing to do this okay. and often knows some things and is able to give them feedback. If not exactly in what they do, then just from their own perspective and their own capacity in this world, okay. knowing this field. And then the training panels are when you have new ones, new practitioners come in. Yeah, basically. So the training, well, so we have the panels where we have experienced practitioners doing readings of the audience. The training panel is sort of like, um, like kindergarten or training wheels. It's where people usually are either new practitioners or they've been practicing, but they've never been on stage. They've never been doing things in front of the public, in front of a group, and it's recorded and it's posted online. Like that's a whole new set of confidence that's or willingness layer. to take risks, right? That people yeah. need. Yeah. So they're a new practitioner, new on stage in front of the public and or some new modality that an experienced practitioner is practicing and they don't want to say, I'm like so good at this, pay me kind of thing. So 
the people that are in the training panels pay for a little bit of the support that we give them because we give them support before and during and after. We also ask for the audience to pay half the price. So the audience knows like they're newer practitioners. Let's not hold the bar quite as high. And then the practitioners also on stage, they feel less pressure. I've got to reach this amount of value. And in general with everyone, they're opening to their practice whatever it is, is that they charge a low enough amount that it doesn't interfere with their ability to give their gifts. So I always have people start in smaller amounts, be free or smaller amounts that they charge for their work and gradually increase it as they feel ready. So I do the same thing with the training paddle, making it like a lower bar for everyone. Okay. And then you have experienced practitioners. Yeah. And the training panels, experienced yeah. practitioners support the newer practitioners, new people with new modalities. And you're someone that's helped me do that before. I got to admit some days it's really hard. <laughs> Well, the part that's hard, I think, is we're sitting there like we want to share and we want to share and we can't. You know, and I need to be patient because frequently the new practitioners hit on the same points that I want to bring up. And so, you know, we had Ari Hunniford on one of the panels. She was reading card and I'm making notes and she would say something and there was the note that I made. And she felt we had this mutual confirmation feeling. It's like you got the same thing. I don't think there's much that's greater to know that a practitioner has hit on something that you were about to say confirms not only what you're getting, but it confirms what they're getting. To me, that increases the validity of the response. Yeah. There was that one time I said, no, nah, I don't have anything to say. You're saying everything. And you encouraged me to say, I got the same information. So it confirms it for everybody. So like, yeah. you're saying, yeah, with Ari, that came up on one of our regular panels. And it's really the same thing. It's like, we have to be patient and let the other practitioners go first when they're first, you know, they're in line ahead of us. And, and to me, it's a Maybe it's also a challenge for myself of if I've thought of, you know, five things and like four of them get mentioned, I might still have one more to share, but then how else can I nuance my awareness so that I have something else to share too yeah. after others have shared yeah. similar things? To be able to confirm. And also there are those times when there's a differing perspective. Yep. You know, I don't necessarily have that same perspective. My experience has been different. And I think that is incumbent on the practitioners to state it that way. This has been my experience, but because the universe is so expansive and spirit or however you want to put it, there is such a, a, a spectrum of experience that no one way is right. And presenting those alternative perspectives, whether it's purely metaphysical or energy or past lives or from some belief system or even, you know, from your somatic stuff, it it all comes together to form this greater picture. Mm -hmm. And there's yes. a greater experience, expansive. And that taught me a whole lot about how I present. The word you used was nuanced. I've been able to nuance mm -hmm. my presentation a lot more. So I've learned an incredible amount being on the panels. An awareness that I aim to bring to everything in my life, and I've never taught the attendees to do this, that it's to see if everything is feedback, what about the experience is feedback? So if I'm asking a question of a panel and I get, you know, these different answers and some people don't agree, well, it might not be the content of what they share. It might be an element of what they share that has meaning or the way that they share it, or even the order in which they share it, right, with all the answers. So it might not be just simply that the content is different and that I, you know, they're in conflict with each other. It's what can I take that is meaningful out of what is shared, how it's shared, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, distilling out that essence that's useful. And so you've got these smaller panels, but then you have the great big online events that have, what, 15, 19, 18 practitioners. Yeah, so those are fairs. So those are the online fairs that I ran. And that's how all the online stuff started, right? So the first event I had in my house and then how the online started too. So for those, we have about 15 practitioners. We start off together in the main room for an hour where we do something similar to a panel. We introduce ourselves and then we answer a few questions from the audience. We aim for shorter answers so we can get a few questions in. And then we split up into 
breakout rooms. We weren't able to do this in the beginning when we first went online because either Zoom didn't have the capacity or I didn't know that it could do this yet. I don't know that it had the capacity. Right. And so we now go into breakout rooms. And so just like at a fair, but actually with more privacy, practitioners have different booths. They have different breakout rooms and they can do whatever they want. Right? We encourage them to give talks. So lots of educational talks and it, it helps encourage everybody to visit lots of different booths, lots of different rooms. Yeah. And then there also are private rooms where practitioners can do private sessions with people at a fair too. It's an opportunity to have one's own space, one's own booth, and people can go from booth to booth and have deep, real conversations with practitioners. You know, what do you do? What would it be like if I asked this? And they get to experience the practitioners more on the panel and then also giving talks or doing group experiences. And then when they do a private session, it's that much more private than at a fair when they're sitting at a table with someone and there right. are tons of other people around, right? It's really private. Right. A lot of the things that I like is that we get to show people what it is that we do, give them a demonstration of it. For me, that's the biggest value of all these events. We're of service to people in the moment and they get a chance to really feel us and see us and get who we are and see how we give advice and what kinds of, you know, advice and insight we give and how do we play with our colleagues, you know, and how does it feel being with us? So they get a much greater experience to be with us before they choose to do work with us. I, I like it that they're not stuffy and pretentious events, that we can be goofy, <laughs> that there are times when something silly happens and it gives that whole humanity aspect of it. Uh, you said it earlier, like we're all people. And well, and for me, this is worldview. So we bring a particular worldview to our experiences. One of the earlier worldviews I didn't mention earlier is called success. It's about caring what other people think and wanting to like climb in status and climb on top of each other to have status. Those are often the things that look so polished and formal and it's totally not what we do. We do things that are much more real and connecting and vulnerable and messy. And we acknowledge that we have something to share at this increasing leaning into owning that. And at the same time, recognizing that to me, I'd say we are all one and we all are on this journey and we do this together. So yeah, demonstrating being real and real yeah. and authentic and like honest and vulnerable. Yeah, it's the vulnerability that is quite touching. It's a topic I've covered in previous podcasts where vulnerability, it's not being weak it is opening up to the possibilities and to saying, yes, I need this help. And to have these panels, these these fairs, I mean, we've had, what, up to 80 people? Well, we've had now 95 that I oh. counted at one time. Yeah. So we're almost at 100. Y'all come on in to the next one. Because <laughs> that's amazing to me. And I'll go and I'll scan to see who's there and if I know somebody. But there are those moments where we are caught off guard. I think those are funny. It was at another event with another practitioner. I was, my sister was having a crisis and I was texting mm -hmm. her and I got called on and I kind of looked at him like I'm sorry I um I was texting my sister <laughs> Can I? I didn't hear what you said and of course that one's recorded for everyone to hear I think in sharing our own vulnerability we we give more space for the people that come that it's okay wherever they are the amount of permission that's given to not only ask the questions but to experience feelings to share that experience it, I feel it's done a whole lot of good Certainly for me and definitely for a lot of people who have come to these events again and again, they want to get that feeling. And I'm grateful that we have this platform through which we can share. No, I'm just realizing too that we probably end up selecting for people that are so interested in growing also because people that come expecting that it should be polished and neat and tidy and blah, 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 blah. They won't like it and they leave. <laughs> so we get the people that are willing to stay with. Yeah, that are willing to get a little edge. messy about it and to enjoy it. I don't think there is a lack of laughter in there. Definitely. We enjoy connecting with each other in the mess of life. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah.
we got distracted again. You were talking about different topics. So maybe let me mention some of the different topics. Yeah. Well, so some of the regular themes have been animal communication and healing and mediumship. And then whatever's alive in the moment, we look at things that are seasonal or just, yeah, whatever anyone mentions, you know, explore a little bit if something doesn't quite feel right. And often it might be tuning or tweaking. But some of the ones we have coming up are intentions, prayers, and affirmations, recovering from stress and burnout. Reclaiming our power over sexism, harassment, and abuse. Working with the Fae and Elementals and various versions of that have been common. So we're doing that one around the autumnal equinox. Shadow play. So deepening in shadow. We've had a few different names of versions of that. Occasionally we do them on different modalities. We have things on, on, we have a panel on Tarot coming up, one on medical intuition. Yeah. Um, We've also had like sound healing, or I guess it was healing with color. Um, Healing with color. I missed that one. Oh, we're doing love again. Different forms of love panels. We're doing love soulmates and twin flames. Oh, Black Cat Conjure from Halloween. We have various different forms of like paganism or Wicca or witchcraft or all those kinds of things. I like the spectrum of practitioners that you have for that. For like the witchcraft and alchemy, you've got the shift witch there and me kind of the sloppy witch. And then Galactic Ashley said, alchemy, oh, and, and just kind of loses <laughs> her mind over that. And then, and shamanism, you've covered that. And, and you're right, it is seasonal. You'll pick up different things. The sexism and racism, standing up to those, that's a difficult topic. And I am glad that you're not shying away from that. That Different people come to those. We get different questions. Different practitioners are interested in different themes. Yeah. Yeah. And being willing to tackle those topics. So what about gender identity? Yeah. You've got quite a spectrum of practitioners. You've got non-binaries. Right. And I'm actually, I'm non-binary and queer. So that's one reason why I think it's more spaciousness and more comfort. We have a blind practitioner that's in our events. Sometimes we have a deaf hard of hearing practitioner that's in our events sometimes, like trying to stretch to include everyone. Yeah. I think that's great. And that's part of that inclusiveness that I appreciate so much. It's not just, these are all the white women who are doing it. Got other people in that. And I love it. I love learning about other practitioners in general, because that's what I'll do it at, at an in-person event. I'll wander about and I get to talk to them and learn. Say for our panels, we have different pricing for BIPOC folks, where it's a attempt to make some reparations for the systemic racism that's in our culture. And that's controversial. And that also the people that can flow with that come in, the people that can't, sometimes they get upset, they leave or they don't come. And then we do lots of education people too, because lots of people don't know about that. Because some of my authentic relating events, I have people share their pronouns as they introduce themselves. And so I get to educate people about pronouns. So what is the controversy around the BIPOC? You also contribute to a rent Duwamish? We're rent Duwamish, I do, yeah. BIPOC stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. Not everyone knows what that means. Oh, my own like edges and limits, right? How do I talk about this? So in real rent Duwamish is a native tribe that's here, that's in Seattle. And I'm actually on the land of the Coast Salish, the Snoqualmie, and the Tulalip peoples. Real rent Duwamish has this easy way that we can pay rent for the land that our ancestors stole from them. Oh, Right. So it's another step of attempting to make reparations to BIPOC as Black, Indigenous, and people of color, particularly at the effect of the systemic racism where people that are light skinned, people that are white, have what used to be called privilege. And it's more common now moving to calling it benefits because there are all kinds of benefits that we get simply being white. The society is set up in so many ways with rules that really just positively impact people that are white. Oh, okay. See, that's a depth of awareness. I. And I know there's a map we can find online. I'll include that link. There's a native lands link to find out who the native peoples are that are on the land where you are. A growing number of communities. Let me introduce where we are. We'll actually say what native lands we're on. I give some honor to them. 
And that's just not limited to Washington state. It goes nationwide. Oh no, it's all around the world. Yeah. I mean, okay. particularly the U S is where it's from and Canada, but yeah, all around the world. I think okay. it's, it's not just psychic awareness. It's social awareness that you're bringing forward. Yes. That's honorable. Thank you. Do you have any final thoughts? I mean, is there something I missed? Oh gosh. Of course, that's putting the onus on you to figure that out. (laughs) Well, maybe say a little bit about my authentic relating. Yes. I have no idea what that is. Okay. So you do so many things. Yeah. We'll do it a nice, easy, slick lean in. (laughs) That's why I love editing. I have focused on the MeWe, which is metaphysical empowerment and wellness events, because that's what my experience with you has been. But you do other things that I have not tread out into. Tell me about those, Lorelai, please. So tonight, for example, I have an Authentic Relating Games event. So Authentic Relating, and we do Authentic Relating, we aim to all the time right in our events. You just don't know what you're doing related things. So it's about being authentic to where our outer expression in some way is connected to our inner experience. Doesn't mean we express everything, but what we express is connected to what we experience inside and then relating. So there's me and me expressing me, but also I'm in connection with you. And so how can I focus on being in connection, relating with you and express my authenticity at the same time? So authentic relating, there are two types of activities that I participate in right now that I lead. One are games. I think of them as transformational games. So it's a, there's a setting that's given a context that's given, and then there's an opportunity to be authentic and real and relate with each other in that context. And I'll give you some examples in a moment. And then uh, another technique that's been called circling that I'm currently calling be here now. It's about being real and in the moment with people, with whatever's here right now, not about the past, the future, but what's true right now. So being real, focusing on the connection. Games is often a a lighter entryway and it can go really deep too. Games, it might be just a very simple of what do you notice in your body and how can you express that with sound and movement with no words. So you can see me moving too, right? People can't see, but they can hear the energy of that. So it might just be sharing that and witnessing each other and sharing any impact that we experience experiencing what's true for each person. It can be talking about some topic that's happening in our life and talking in words and hearing each other and sharing impact. It can be talking about it in gibberish where it's just sound and movement. And the emotion gets conveyed more easily. So people have often an easier time expressing the emotion about something with no words. We don't get caught in our heads. Or another example of a really big deep game might be last day on earth. So imagining someone who's important in your life, it might be someone that's still here. It might be someone that's not here now. So imagining that person and in your breakout room, if you're in, on Zoom, you open your eyes and see your partner and imagine that they're that other person. And it might be, depending on how the game is set up, it might be their last day on earth or it might be your last day on earth. And what's here to communicate with that person? It being someone's last day on earth. So I once did that where the person I imagined was my partner and it was my last day on earth. And what did I want? I'm getting all teary talking about it. You know, so like, what do I want to share? It's my last day on earth. So it's a way that we tap into something really deep and we share it with another person. They help hold space for us to share. They witness us, you know, and then it impacted me in the way I was with my partner the next time I saw her because I just felt all this really deep stuff. And I'm so much more aware of the preciousness of being with her right now. So those are the kinds of things that I do with people. I create these experiences with them to feel really deeply and feel what's authentic and connect more deeply with themselves and each other. Oh, wow. Now I got to show up. I think, I'm not sure. I think tonight's theme is child's play. It's helping us tap back into that energy of children where we easily let our soul expression come through, right? Assuming we felt more safe at some point in childhood. Okay. See, I'm coming up with more panel ideas now. I need to let you an email. This is totally how it happens, right? So I think it does. um, Thank you for being um, open too. Thank you very much. I'm so touched. You're welcome.
And I say, I think it was, I think Hillary Clinton, maybe she certainly popularized this. Maybe she said it the very first time of like, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. I heard someone recently say, and I have no idea where it's probably come from a bunch of other people too, but like it takes a village to raise a soul. And I think that's just so lovely because really yeah. that's what me, we is all about. It's not just me and my own growth. It is me and my own growth. And that's really the ultimate thing that I'm here for is right to allow my life purpose and the spiritual energy to flow through me. But also we do it together. I think that we do it better when we do it together as a community. And so me and we, that's really what me, we is. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God. That's brilliant. Cause I know there is a whole lot of stuff I would not have been exposed to if I stayed back in Texas. I know back in Texas, I know my path would have been totally different, but coming up here, I found my soul family in such a way that has allowed me to expand to this part. And I am so grateful you're a part of it because you have opened so many doors and, and with, yeah, there's a lot of grace that you've shown me and and other people around so that we can have this opportunity to grow in such a way. And and I am deeply, deeply grateful to you for that. And now I'm tearing up. God. (laughs) I particularly enjoy playing with you because you so much bring that spirit too. I have no idea. This feels like a good thing. I'm just going to throw myself in and find out. (laughs) I had a friend in college, you know, we're looking both sides to cross the street and she's just running out with her arms flapping in the breeze. And that's kind of like, I feel like sometimes like I'm just like Elaine Tess Campbell flapping my arms around into the spiritual world. It's fun though, because yeah, I get that takes a certain level of trust. I trust my guides. They're not going to let me go trip and fall without supporting me and helping me back up. They're going to let me do those things that help me to grow and to learn. And this group here has really enhanced that feeling of safety where I can make a mistake, but I'm not just devastated by it. It's like, oh, okay, this is the lesson. I've learned it. It's sort of like in being willing to play together, we weave a net that is a trust fall for each other. Yeah. And to have that trust and to be able to say, this is my perspective on it. And to have the listener go, oh, okay, that's interesting. And here's my take on it. And and as a result, the weaving, I love the idea of weaving. Wyatt Larson used that in his about the tapestry of one's life. And so this is the tapestry of our growth and, and how we weave together all of the things that we're learning from all these other people to create our own beautiful piece of soul fabric, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yay. Yay. Thank you. Um, what else? I, I don't know. We're coming up on your time. And I, I am, <laughs> I, I like know, what the, else, what else, the wiggly else? thinking fingers. <laughs> oh. um, I say overall, my aim is for people to, to be the best, be the best of themselves, to be the best of who they are. Yeah. And it's a discovery of all that for all of us. And I think we each have our own little like kind of glimpse or insight that might that help each other. Yeah. And I appreciate that we have all sorts of tools available to us. It's not just one thing. Right. It's not just using the cards but how do you use the cards and you you explore those things you present these panels in such a way that we can explore all different aspects of it well that reminds me one more thing i could say gosh just so many things yeah so the first way that i ever see i think this is still true the first way that i ever got open to any of this stuff back when i had started to explore some of the alternative wellnessy stuff and um i went to gosh Oh, I just love all the different people that have shown up in my life and the ways that they have opened me. I have let them open me. So I had someone invite me to go to a moon lodge. I'm like, what's this? What am I stepping into? And, uh, yeah. So a series of meetings with a group of other women um, to go deep in various ways. And one of the assignments was to, well, I should say some, I've got two stories that are bifurcating here. So one of them was, um, 
we had to choose a goddess that and, and step into to represent that goddess and i'm like oh gosh goddesses i've never explored this what do i do and i mean the goddess i really connected to was um inanna and uh-huh. since you do past lives you probably like this is so funny so i didn't yeah so I just chose Inanna and I didn't know why I didn't realize all of my past history of abuse at that point and yeah. um, so Inanna went to hell and came back that was like the meaningful thing to me about her story yeah. so I felt like me personally like I had gone to hell and came back but then it also turns out that she's um I get this all mixed up a Persian goddess and then you know later in my life no earlier in my life earlier in my life when I had gone back to Chicago I'd lived there for a while and went to the, the art galleries the University of Chicago I totally had fallen in love with some statues and I had some postcards of you know so I remember later digging them all out and it turns out that there statues from the Persian culture where Inanna is from and so just all these things coming back for me anyway so I called myself Inanna at one point when I opened to my work and was scared and didn't want to be known as being psychic and all these things oh goodness all right so the reason why I went back to this moon lodge is because one of the exercises we had there was the person facilitating it brought out these O cards O-H exclamation point cards yeah yeah so oh goodness okay so O cards have two different decks in them one has words and one has images and so we got to do readings with each other with these o cards and so they're they're cards that have been around for a long time like the early 70s or something like that and they're from europe and they're in a ton of different languages now and they're different decks of cards and they're used for group therapy and they can totally be used for intuitive readings and so this was again a great step for me of taking my more conventional life in some ways and branching this over And so the way they work is that, um, and I think it's a great method for helping people open to their intuition. Someone in the group asks a question, they choose their cards. I set it up where the person that asked for the reading, they give their own interpretation of the cards first. The images go inside the words and the images, I love that they're mostly non-gendered. So it's just really good, non-androgynous. So that's really helpful for just a range of interpretations and inclusivity. So they do their own reading. And then if they're willing, they let everyone else in the group rearrange the cards and give their own reading. And since they, they're ordinary words that we know and images that we're familiar with, I think everyone has access to be able to do some interpretation of the cards. There's a little bit of an art of how to do a reading that one can learn along the way. And it's also in a group of friends, it allows people to give each other advice that they're often not open to giving each other, meaning to we're open to hearing more from each other. So I think these are great cards for helping people open to their intuition. So, so again, somewhere along the line of me running all these events, I finally like, ding, I could like teach people how to use O cards and I could use them in these events and I could resell O cards. And uh, yeah, so I just oh, got a huge can. box okay. from- I can. I got a huge box from Europe just the other day. It's still sitting in the back of my car. I think I got like, goodness, what did I get? Something like 60 decks or something like that. They are $40 for two decks. It's a two deck set. So the words and the images, and I believe possibly on September, maybe it's the ninth. I have to check. I might be teaching a class on them, but yeah, so these are for me. So these are um, great ways, again, that people can stretch and open to their intuition and their easy access. And, you know, like, and it's just like therapists and all these different people can use these and it's a way that they're opening to, to intuition and they don't even know, just like I was in that moment, right? Stretching to open to my intuition and had no idea. Cool. So yeah, so like Oracle cards, I guess. Yeah, I think you need to bring them to the tarot event. <laughs> That's a good idea. I should have them there, but oh, no, yeah. on tarot. we have another one, Oracle cards, more broad. Do you want to do it. that? Okay, because that would be my perspective. I've done tarot, but I like Oracle cards. And No, we should separate them and have two different events because the people that like love tarot, like these are tarot decks and these are not tarot decks. And I'm ignorant, but I know at least there's some strong opinions about that. And I've done some interviews. I do interviews with my practitioners. I've done interviews with a couple that have this long history with tarot and have like, you know, 60 decks and they know the science of blah, 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 blah. Okay, well so, then yeah. I'll take that one off my ask list. <laughs> yeah, take that one off your ask list, but suggest that we do one on Oracle cards. That, that I'm making a list of the of the panels. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so that one's on there too. It's also my note. Okay, That's cool. Good. Well, we've got like 15 minutes. So I want to have you wind up. I don't want to make you late for your next appointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. So it's great. Um, thank you, Lorelai. This has been so fun. And I'm glad we limited how long we gave ourselves to talk because you I did. know us. <laughs> We're fun. We have lots of ideas. We like learning. Yeah, we, we do. And, and I like on. how we feed off of that. And it's like, oh, so, and that's how I got this panel list started. It's <laughs> like, oh, there's this. No, talk about that. Okay, here, here, here. Mm. So thank you very much. I I really do appreciate you taking time out and, and talking to me. I've learned, oh my God, I've learned so much and, and have added more things to my list of things I want to do, events I want to hang out at and not actually be a practitioner at. That I think has been... I get caught up in, in being the practitioner that being the learner again is it's still an undercurrent, but to actually just sit there and, and listen, yeah. that's going to be fun. If you would please give me the contact information you have, I'll put in links about for me, we, and for the Facebook and, and for the different events and everybody can go to my website and find the events that I have that I'm doing with me, we, but don't let that be the limit because there are some panels, some events that I'm not going to be at because I, you know, not only want to let other practitioners have a shot at it, but it, there are some topics I don't feel I have, I have a higher level of expertise at. I'm trying to be generous. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we, we share the space with each other and we feel yeah. more called to some things than others. or we feel more ready for some yeah. things than others. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, tell us, give me your contact information, websites, where we can find you. Great. Well, the, the central place to find everything is laureliesshamayo.com. And that's spelled L-A-U-R-E-L-I-S-H-I-M-A-Y-O.com. And that will give you links to my coaching website, my intuitive readings website, my matchmaking soulmates website, which is getting built right now, and the MeWe Fairs website. And so that one's mewefairs.com. So people can find that. And then an example of a link to get to all the online events is jointhefair.com or joinmeweonline.com. That takes to the page with all the different online events. So yeah. And, and my, the, I guess my, so people can email me too. An example of my email is Lorelai at thrivetypes.com. So L-A-U-R-E-L-I at thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E types, T-Y-P-E-S.com. And my phone number is 720-352-2434. Text me because I really don't like listening to voicemails and it's full. <laughs> <laughs> you have a Facebook page for me. We metaphysical empowerment events and if you are interested in being a practitioner at any of the events contact Lorelai at her email yes yes so me we fairs we have a we have a Facebook page we're also on Instagram and yeah anyone that's interested in being a practitioner might want to be a practitioner at any of the events please reach out if you want to be on the training panel it's like anything Go ahead and reach out. We've got a big email list. We sent out regular emails that have all of our different events. And, and you have a YouTube channel with past events that are, we have been do. uploaded. We have tons of recorded past events. Yes. Yeah, that's very cool to have that access to. So you can see what these practitioners do and you can see how the events are run. This is, I, there's, I just... This has been an incredible opportunity during this time of pandemic of isolation for me to to grow and expand and to keep my hands in it, to keep the practice going. So thank you. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. Thanks to everybody for listening. And this is Susie Parker Goins of Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. And until next time, blessings. <laughs>